0: welcome to the kinja's podcast here we will discuss
1: dance life and whatever the f**k we want welcome back to the kinja's podcast movement in the shadows we got video going guys today in the house well you already see him that's what's different when you're doing it on video there's no like reveal because they're already watching all right so if you're not watching you're listening Guys we got Ian Eastwood in the house Ian what Eastwood up. welcome welcome world wow. renowned dancer choreographer teacher bro you have a very extensive resume I was telling Mike earlier like sometimes, I mean before I do this I always like you know google the person yeah, hey, yeah. what's that what are they up to these days yeah. and then you find their Wikipedia page and then you're like, wow uh if I list everything we we'll g- we're gonna take up the entire time <laughs> no, talking no. about no. the stuff but um Man, you've worked with, uh, dude, tons of artists. dude. Childish Gambino, Justin Bieber, Chance the Rapper, Tori Kelly, Chris Wu, freaking the the resurgence of the boy band, pretty yeah. much killing <laughs> it right now, dude. Um, yeah, man, you've done a ton of like industry work, which uh, we'll get into all that stuff. Ooh, but um, yeah, dude, you are uh, straight up, man, somebody that I've seen and grow up in the dance community to the industry to literally everything in between man uh so first off congrats on all the stuff and um thank you for what you're doing for the community and thanks for hopping in the pod man oh dude it's my pleasure man like i remember uh this is just
2: cool because I remember the first time taking class from you going yeah. back all the way to uh, Project Element with Dance to Success. That's Whoa. All those words I just said are like <laughs> things that like so many people like in the dance world yeah. right now probably wouldn't even understand. Like I'll link
1: to it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. like that's oh, that was
2: like a whole thing. And I got to learn from you, you know, with Jabba when you guys came out. And I remember you taught to a Method Man song and it was literally like... It was, I remember at that time for years, it was the hardest combo that I would go back and practice all the isos to, because I was crazy. like,
1: I've never done a choreo this hard in my whole life. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Well, you mentioned like, okay, first of all, I remember that class. <laughs> and because um, I, I think about like the first dance classes that I've ever taken. And yeah. like, you remember those, you remember mm-hmm. the, the the song, you remember the moves from the combo. Facts. Uh, so for the fact that that's something that you remember, like, one, I'm humbled by that. Um, and two, I just remember you being that that kid in class that's just roasty. You know what I mean? I'm like, who is this kid? And, yeah, you just took all of our classes. That's when G was still around, I man.
2: Still got to, I still
1: got to meet him. Yeah. I got to take class from him. And yeah, shout out Gary man. Kendall, man. Rest yeah. in peace, man. Uh, and then, like, later, uh, I saw you. You came out to L.A. and you came to my class at Debbie's. And uh, you were with your pops. And yeah. I was like, yo, <laughs> I remember you from freaking Chicago. What are you doing out here? And, like, that's when you just were just out there, man, starting yeah. the whole thing, dude. Yeah. Damn,
2: yeah, man. It's, it it was, like, it's been really crazy because recently I started doing a ton of, like, uh, really diving deep on, like, hip-hop culture research and just watching all the, all the films, all the documentaries, you know, asking wigs for, like, a lot of recommendations and stuff like that. And, like, one thing that I've learned so much from watching all those documentaries uh, or just films in general is, like, people just, like, at at an earlier time in dance and hip hop, like, people just put so much effort. You Mm -hmm. remember putting so Mm -hmm. much effort into, like, getting somewhere or hearing about something or, like, you know... Just, like, stuff that people didn't care about other than you and a couple of your friends or maybe in certain circumstances, no one around you, and it's just you who cares yeah. about something. Yeah. And, like, I don't know, even just talking and remembering back to the visual of that dance class, like, of taking your classes, stuff was just so different. Mm. The The energy was just so different, and that's something that I wish, like... I could explain to new generation of like just the feeling of showing up to something that that you weren't gonna get an immediate benefit from mm. no matter what when you walked out the right, class. Right. Like it was all, all you could get from it was your exchange with the teacher or whoever was leading the class or whoever you were just going to meet up with. All you right. could get out of it was your immediate exchange with the person and, like, whatever knowledge you walked out with. And then you'd have to sit with it and just let it, like, mm. like marinate with you as a person, right? Yeah. And that's something that I feel, like, should be somehow pushed on this new generation is that mindset. Because it, it puts such a fire under you, mm-hmm. you know? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like in our time, especially, like, dancing wasn't even necessarily, like, cool mm. at that time mm. for the masses of people, sure. you know? Yeah. there was only it like, filmed either, right? yeah it wasn't yeah. being filmed it wasn't like it was like i think at that time it was still a dvd
1: that was coming out for
3: sure night yeah
1: and that was like high tech like yo we got dvds <laughs> now right it was like yo yeah. the dvd came out right <laughs> hey can i
2: borrow that <laughs> can i borrow that yeah. can i show my family right like, da, da, da. and i think there was just something very special to even though yeah obviously things were more work and it was more draining it at the same time, built some anticipation around things, right? Sure. It, like, built some, like, just, like, obstacles for you to overcome mm-hmm. so that then when you have that moment, wherever you're at, it just feels that much more special. Yeah, because, for sure. Because, like, for sure. that class, at the end of the day, is, like, you know, for you, it was, like, I came in to do this job, you know, Jabba got uh, hired to come out and mm-hmm. do this showcase and whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But for me, it was, like, my perspective at that time was, these dudes that no one knows about mm. in my school anything like that this is before abdc like mm-hmm. these dudes that i just found on the internet through my dance community friends that were like yo there's these guys in la that wear masks and do a set like things were just so different you know <laughs> yeah, what i'm saying it's yeah. like the way you heard about For stuff sure. was different the way you process stuff mm-hmm. was different it was like and I'm sitting at home watching your guys' carnival performances on YouTube and being like, what am I? I don't even know what I'm watching mm, right now. Mm, you know what I'm saying? I've yeah. never seen anything like this in my life. Yeah. And then I work with my crew and we, we you know, prepare for months to get down and it's like it's an hour and a half drive because it's in the original location where the where Dance to Access started. Yeah. So it's not even in Chicago for us. So it's still a trek for us to come out and see you guys. mm mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, we're in some like basement, like in some random dorm building, <laughs> yeah. super cold in yeah. the middle of the year for yep. no reason at all. And it's like maybe 30 people dancing on a carpet floor with a like a crappy boom box. Mm-hmm. And like, that's what it was, though. Yeah. And it was just like, dang, this is dope. You know, like <laughs> yeah. I'm here. I made it here. That's crazy, man.
3: I mean,
1: yeah, you're touching on so many things that we talk about on this podcast literally every episode because, I mean, we all come from a generation where it was pre-YouTube, pre-social media. Um, You know, if you're going to go take a class from somebody, you know about that person through word of mouth, not because they got tons of followers and, you know, subscribers and all that. Um, And there's nothing to say there's anything wrong with that being what it is now, but it's just something about. Uh, like you said, there's a, a different sort of appreciation that you'll you'll have for somebody when, um, like, it's so hard for you to get that information. It's like I have to go and onto this website, scroll down a bunch of videos because I I know it's there somewhere. It's like I found it, and then like you'll try to share it or Back. you know what I'm saying. So and, and then when you become a, a such a fan of anything, uh, with that sort of effort, when you are uh, when you have the ability to kind of be in their presence or kind of take in something from them, you value that so much more. Mm-hmm. And um, it just, I feel like it just has a different effect. Uh, Cause I mean, now um, again, YouTube and all that being such a great thing. It's such a great tool because you literally have anything accessible at your fingertips. I can yeah. just like type it up and you'll get like a hundred things with that. And mm. you can learn anything from dance to cooking to like how to build a freaking gingerbread house or totally. whatever. You know what I'm saying? So houses, huh? yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the holidays right now. I'm thinking gingerbread. Wow. Um but yeah, man, like uh I think that's what's cool too, that like you being at such a young age. When you were literally at that cusp of when, you know, social media and the internet and technology and all that stuff really started to kind of boom. It wasn't quite there yet. Yeah. And uh, for you to already have that mentality where, like, I'm going to seek out the people that, uh, one, I respect and admire, but I want to learn from. And from there, like, come on, dude, you've you've taken your dance career and your education to... Uh, where you are that educator now and, and, you know, traveling all around the world, um, having an audience and a platform, uh, you have a loud voice and people are watching. And I think what I uh, really respect about you is that um, you could, you could just run with the hype of what's, what you have now without looking back and, mm-hmm. and without, um, you know, taking the time to point people to the way that things used to be. And maybe Hey, let's, let's kind of get back to that. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with the kids who don't know anything about it because how are they supposed to know? Because they, yeah, they weren't there, you know. So couldn't possibly understand for sure, man. And so, um, dude, props to you for um, taking that that effort and the time to again do what you can as an educator, not just to get into a classroom, you know, throw down some cool eight counts and peace, you know. Um, Follow me on Instagram. (laughs) It's just like. No, if I have an opportunity to to share something, sure, I'm going to give you some moves, but I'm going to talk to you about, you know, where I got this stuff from to what I would encourage you guys to go do. You know, now that we have this thing called YouTube, you can go backwards and And look up... Yeah, you know what I mean? Look up these uh, these figures, these people who have been putting it down in the game um, and then learn from that because that's how I learn still and that's how I get here. Like, just from your recent IG post about the EB's jam, you know what I mean? Like... You just were just straight up like, guys, if you dance and if you've collected a paycheck off of this thing called hip-hop, urban dance, you guys need to be here in some way, shape, or form. And, like, that It just shows that you care about yeah. these things. You know what I mean?
2: Because it's like um, – because I cared before I really the, – the reason why I would say that that, like, comes through is because I cared before I was able to – even really know that I could make money off of this. Right. Right. It was like when I started, which is when all of us were basically starting, I was just a kid, you know, we were kind of starting around the same time when we started dance was like, how are you going to make money off that? Mm -hmm. Unless you are dancing for or behind a big artist and like, the reason why it shines through, I think, of, like, the way that I feel is because I just literally, sometimes it, it comes down so simple and boils down to, like, I literally just thought dance was just so cool. Mm. I just thought it was so cool. It and is, It is still really cool. It, <laughs> is, it is still cool, right? Yeah. And it's just something that I watched, I did, and I didn't feel that I was naturally the best, but it's something that I felt like, wow, I feel, sh- like, cool i feel cool yeah. this looks cool i love hip-hop like these are all things that are exciting to me and they were exciting to me when i was by myself and we just got the internet
1: yeah yeah <laughs> when
2: i was 12 we got the internet when i was 12 i was the last person that i knew in my town because all like it's like middle class to like wealthy people in my neighborhood mm-hmm. and and everybody I knew had the internet before me yeah. now, my parents were like the last holdouts for cable internet, <laughs> to the point where we missed dial up it was already like oh well, so you, you went straight to cable dial-up. that's how late my parents were Dang. to get internet cause they were just like my dad had internet everyday at work yep. and then like we don't need <laughs> I had internet. internet at home <laughs> Dang. It was just like we don't need the internet
1: you missed the dial up days those are the, those are some of the glory days man, I didn't
0: <laughs>
2: miss them I was at my friend's crib oh yeah yeah I'd, do, just, I'd go to my friend's crib and we'd just sit there and just right. hang around their computer and listen to music and burn C Yep. and be on AOL, and I had the culture experience, <laughs> yeah. we just didn't it's have it in our crib, so <laughs> I'm not gonna sit there at my friend's crib and watch dance videos, I remember the first time I saw a dance video was, we had literally gotten the internet that day, Day. <laughs> it's like what can I do, we had gotten the internet <laughs> yeah, that day, we just I set this. up an email address, I set up a MySpace account, and I went to Tucker's MySpace page, Yep. And I watched a video of him and Gigi demoing Gil's choreo wow. to some Janet stuff yeah. at a Boogie Zone class. That's the first video I ever saw on the internet. I think I remember that. I'm That's gonna find tight. it. tight. And it's tight. an amazing video, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. And I remember, I was just talking to somebody, I think some people in Chicago about this recently is like, this is something that can't like a kid from now wouldn't be able to understand because dance is so abundant and it's so like a thing for kids to go into mm-hmm. and whatever and the version of dance that we were doing was completely off the grid mm. it wasn't industry oriented at all yeah you know what i'm saying and you had that at that time community and industry just barely starting to mix like mm-hmm. tucker going to sure. a boogie zone class mm-hmm. and stuff like that like and mixing with someone like Gigi, right mm-hmm. where it's like that was just even weird in and of itself mm-hmm. at the time that people wouldn't understand that that was weird to see. Yeah. And it was, Yeah, you know, I was like, "Well, oh, that's kind of weird. Yeah. And I just remember like the concept of watch, like clicking the play button and thinking like, and going back to my parents and telling them like, look, you can, you can just put a video of yourself <laughs> <laughs> just like on the internet yeah and and anybody can just watch it and my parents were like oh wow that's so cool and oh. <laughs> like and that's where it started for us you know what yeah. i'm saying is it was just like wow i can't believe this this is so cool yeah and we got to share and exchange and a lot of opportunity was given based off the fact that people are seeing something for the first time that mm. they otherwise would not have seen yeah, yeah. because they didn't have the access to be able to look at a college team performance or a local crew that was performing in a nightclub in LA Mm -hmm. doing stuff at carnival or like, or in a mall. Yeah. Or in a mall, like those opportunities where you just prior to those years, prior to, uh, I started YouTube the year after YouTube started. So 2006. Mm -hmm. And prior to that, you just had to have the DVD or be there. Like Mm -hmm. that's it. Like,
1: you know, yeah, that's crazy, man. Uh, you mentioned so you grew up in Chicago, right yeah. um and at what age did you like discover dance and start it?
2: so so I discovered dance because it was like it was just kind of random because um I think it started because I saw this like award show, and I'm pretty sure it was like an in sync thing
1: the and nice. it was
2: but it was more about the concept of like I didn't understand, you know I'm ten. So I didn't really understand music like that. I was sure. just starting to develop my taste in music. I was listening to like, my dad was listening to all kinds of stuff. My dad's like a, a jazz musician. Dope. So he would, he listens to everything. He yeah. listens to Earth, Wind & Fire. He was listening to Moby at the time, some Seal. He put me on Beatles, really, the Beatles Really Young. Yeah. And, and I was just like listening to tons of stuff and love music. But then I hadn't really been fully introduced to like contemporary dance, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then I I think I saw an award show. I can't exactly remember, but I do remember, like, with my friends um, that I was, like, having little play dates with or whatever, being like, yo, let's do this little thing together. And no one taught me at all. I never – because I was an only child. I never had, like, an older brother or older person, like, show me dance stuff. I literally just, on my own, started just being like, yo, this is cool. Let's do this little thing. And then Mm -hmm. we'd make a little routine up, and then we'd show my parents. That's tight. And then it was like (laughs) – I didn't even know what I was doing, but my parents were like, oh, you know, he's not so bad.
0: Like, (laughs) like, that wasn't horrible. So maybe,
2: you know, we're both artists, so maybe our son, you know, he likes art, but maybe it's other types of art that he's going to be interested in. So." My parents were teaching local art classes out of our house.
1: Got you. My
2: parents taught art classes out of our house for 10 years.
1: Wow, that's tight.
2: And they had just like a nice, you know, uh, network in the community. So they lined me up with this local studio where they were taking dance classes. And um, my mom was out of partner. or Somebody was out of partner. So I was like a little partner (laughs) for like some, you know, uh, for local like couples taking classes. Is this is like ballroom or something, or, yeah, okay. like just <laughs> yeah. old school. <laughs> yeah. Stuff. yeah, that's dope. And first I was like, no. I try. <laughs> my mom was like, you should try out a little dance class here, and I was like, all right, cool. And so my first class was with Mr. Sydney from the South Side of Chicago. He'd come up and he teaches a little kids hip hop class. And um, and the first week it was like the week of Halloween. I've told this story. Oh my god, many times. And. <laughs> it was the first week of Halloween, and he taught thriller choreography. Okay. And he, I remember he came into class, he had this fake pink uh, uh, rainbow afro on. Hell yeah. Yeah, and he was just killing it, <laughs> and he just went in. But because at that time, too, it wasn't really like, you know, choreo was just like, it was just like steps. Steps yeah. for steps, yeah. you know? So he taught the actual choreo from thriller. Sure. Because it was like, why would he not teach Yeah. That, you yeah. know, like, at what that What else time. am I going to teach this, Yeah, right? yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. So... I learned the actual choreo, and then in that time, I also learned about Michael mm. because I'm 10 years old, we don't have cable, I'm not seeing music videos, I don't really know what any, I don't even know what a music video is, right, you right. know? And so uh, I learned who Michael was because mm. he wasn't really releasing music or nothing like that. Yeah. That was my introduction to Michael Jackson. And then my parents were like, oh, yeah, of course. If you like singing and dancing, you're going to like Michael Jackson. Right. Let's get you some Michael Jackson stuff. And they bought me all his CDs Sick. and then the DVDs for Christmas. Yeah. And then it was like, that was it. Once was I saw Smooth best. Criminal.
1: Oh, yeah. It's a I,
2: I was watching through all of them and was like crazy inspired. I was like, oh, my God, I want to do this. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. But Smooth Criminal is, for me, the specific video that made me be like, this is whatever this is this is what i want to do mm. like the feeling like and it comes back to like what i was saying is like it's just there's something about smooth criminal it's just like it's just cool man it's timeless dude it's yeah. just cool yeah. like you just watch it and you're yep. just like wow this is cool yeah <laughs> you know yeah. um yeah so I, from there i pretty much just started dancing like local um doing crews and stuff in chicago and my parents i was at a random dance studio and my parents saw a flyer from Monsters. Mm. And then, you know, the flyer explained like Tony Tessa was on the flyer mm-hmm. as being like a young like phenom, mm-hmm. whatever. And uh my parents at the time they were like, we don't have the money, you know, whatever, whatever. But they were like, we should really, you know, Ian's really passionate about dance. Like, I think this seems like it would be a really good program for him. Mm-hmm. So my mom scraped together the bread and, and like got me into uh monster hip-hop and i remember that was the first time i was probably doing real choreo you know what i'm saying like i never really at that time though it was still 2004 maybe Mm -hmm. 2000 yeah 2004 Mm -hmm. i don't know if you remember this but at that time people were still doing choreo and then just like changing the song
1: oh yeah like you said it's steps you can kind of interchange the movement to any song because there's like really no musicality it was just like Moves
2: that yeah. had rhythm to them. Yeah. That was like rooted in hip hop, but was like a little bit more set and a little bit more specific, but not necessarily.
3: Yeah. You know? For sure.
2: And I remember, like, for like the first several monsters I go to, like, choreographers coming in, fully just swapping out songs halfway through <laughs> class. And the way that they would swap, like, this is like, it's just so crazy because all this sounds so ancient. Like, yeah. the way they would swap out was. With their CD booklets, yeah, they bring (laughs) they bring the whole, you know, the four space CD booklet to class. I had that, you know, (laughs) and and they travel with them like stuff like that. I can't even like imagine because I wasn't traveling or teaching at that time. They travel with these booklets or whatever. But anyway, you know, I was at Monsters. That was my first time seeing real choreo, and I was like, you know, small fish in a big pond, and I was just like so threatened. And I was like, oh, I'm horrible at dancing, Mm. and I wanted to quit. And then randomly, like, Gio Hubella was the scholarship teacher, and I had gotten a scholarship. Mm. And, uh, yeah, and it was crazy. And then once I found Monsters, and that was, like, real training material, basically from there on, it was just, like, I was addicted. And then, you know, once the internet, once I had the internet, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was like, you mean I could just sit here, and I'm an only child, and I don't have shit to do yeah. at home besides my homework, and I could just watch this video Sean Everisto, yeah. Thirteen million times. (laughs) That's. I don't know how he's getting down on the ground. Well, I guess I'll just keep rewinding it until I figure this out. You know, and it was like that one video would last me a month, and I come home every day and, you know, whatever. Wiggles DVDs, and I was lucky because Monsters shout out to Monsters of Hip Hop, yeah, because they brought out the. I was able and fortunate to get an an authentic hip-hop history and training mm. from OGs because mm-hmm. Monsters was bringing in Pete, Wiggles, and Sugar Pop yeah. back when, you know, I'm, I Wiggles was having me do demos on stage for the other kids mm-hmm. at, like, 10 or 12 or something like That's that. That's crazy. And taking me to the side and, like, doing a whole, like, he would, uh, Wigs used to, like, do a quick graffiti graph sign, mm-hmm. like, quick uh, writer sign on everybody's shit, and then I remember one time I asked him, I was like, yo, can you do one, like, a bigger one on my hoodie? (laughs) And he took me to the side, and he did, like, a 15-minute piece on my hoodie. That's so sick. And, like, so from a very young age, I was able to, like, get around, like, the quality stuff, and Mm. I think people just saw that I just loved it, like, that I just was more of a fan, I feel like, and just understood the essence Mm -hmm. rather than being, like, the most talented person. I, Mm. I don't think I was ever, like ever in any scene that i've been a part of the best person around it's always been like i'm the biggest nerd that that catches the smallest nuances that appreciates the smallest nuances Mm. of my peers around me that i like really look up to Mm -hmm. you know what i'm Mm -hmm. saying and then i just kept being in that seat the whole way i was like you know a lot of uh something else to keep in mind is like i don't know if you guys remember either but There was not little kids dancing in that time.
1: Nope. Yeah.
2: You know what I'm saying? Like, now we have, we can have a team like The Lab exist. Whereas, like, at that time, like, it was like I was the young kid from my city. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, even when you would, like, be in, like, Millennium videos and stuff, you'd be the only little kid that's in those videos.
2: That's facts. Yeah. Yeah. It was, like, me. It was, like, Auntie from, you know, Australia. She was really dope. It was like Dylan Cheek out of Atlanta from the, like the Monsters, you know, but literally, like, there wasn't even kids for me to hang out with, yeah. you know? So all the time I'm hanging out with up, people of upwards of like probably 10 to 15 years older than me all yeah. the time. Yeah. And in a lot of those crews, I'm the first time they've let somebody in, especially in Chicago, I'm the first time they've let somebody in under 18 and they have no idea what to do with me. <laughs> and I'm going to all these like college bar shows and all that stuff, like 15, 16 years old never knowing like you know i just be i just had to be there and be quiet and just be like
1: drink some water what's
2: up yeah just <laughs> <Drink some, laughs> like absorb everything and just not you know like take up a lot of space and uh yeah it was just like it was just so different than um and then moving forward it was like once youtube started to happen and i started to like oh other people are watching these videos mm-hmm. like i didn't we didn't even know like we just thought you know i'd send videos to uh, nick and tucker Cause I looked up to them so much Mm -hmm. and I wanted them to like, give me critiques on my choreo and they just blow me off. (laughs) (laughs) You're that kid, (laughs) which is so funny. Yeah. And cause I was just this nerdy kid that was just hitting them up. Like, Hey, (laughs) check out my stuff. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, Totally. And, but I didn't know other people are watching these videos. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is how different stuff was. Like it just, you know, every time you talk about something you're like, wow, that's so different from mm-hmm. now. Like I didn't even understand that other people were watching these videos until my dad was like, hey, cause my dad was worried about his teenager being on the internet. So he would monitor my right, stuff. Right.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Unlike anything, anything yeah, today, right? Yeah. Like my dad was just worried about people yeah. being whack on the internet, you sure. know? And so he'd monitor my stuff And he'd be like, yo, like, people are messaging you to, like, come out and, like, teach them Uh and, like, make money from that. (laughs) And, you know, it it was like, I know you guys know, like, the hustle. Like, you know, we weren't making good money at Mm -hmm. first. My dad, the reason Young Lions Clothing started was because my dad, we were printing up. My dad was designing uh, shirts for when I would do local sets Mm -hmm. so that my, my whole crew could have something to wear. Right. Uh, So he was just doing little random designs. And then the way that he would be able to come on the road for some of my first trips was that he would sell the T-shirts to pay for his flight. Mm. So that it wasn't costing him any money, yeah. but he was able to still be there for his son without going in pocket for them and out of pocket for us sure so it was this little niche situation that he was able to sacrifice that for me to have the experience to still go and not have to like you know like if i didn't have supportive parents all those opportunities would just not exist and i wouldn't be able to continue to teach and all that stuff yeah dude first of of all yeah (laughs) man i was just
1: about to say your parents are like some of the coolest parents i've ever met um and uh, you know a lot of us have the, the the story where, you know, we grew up in, like, a traditional, like, Asian household to not having the most supportive parents when it comes to pursuing something in the arts. Um, and it's tough. I mean, I think maybe nowadays it's a little bit different because the internet and YouTube, you can see that, like, yo, like, dancers and, you know, they have a career. They can yeah. They can go out and teach and they can book jobs and this and that. But, I mean, yeah, from, you know, at that time for your parents to just kind of, Automatically, just kind of be on your team and be like, "Yo, if you if you thing. want to do this and you're good, like I'm gonna do what I can, sell T-shirts so that I can come on the road with you." Like that's Big. that's that's hustling right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, shout out to your dad for even you know, thinking to do that. And I'm sure that that kind of implanted something in your head of our, as far as like, yo, like, that's pretty smart. Yeah, Make some t-shirts, make some money off of it. That's like supplemental side income so that I can go out and teach and make more money. And yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, I that's really dope. I always
2: learn from like because my parents had the art business in the house, right? Yeah. and then And then it was like, then once I was traveling and teaching, they started sacrificing so that what we could do was there wasn't enough dance education at that time in Chicago coming in that was at a, at a higher level. It was mostly cruise and street dance. But at that time, it was like we were all going down that path of trying to innovate more with choreography and really like going down that rabbit hole. And there just wasn't enough of that coming into Chicago. Yeah. So um, my parents also basically created Young Lines the business with me, because what we would do was we would see all the up and comer choreographers when we go to Monsters or something like that, that they don't have any credits and they don't have any opportunity and maybe we'll talk to them afterwards and I'll, I'll be telling my parents like, you know, Nick DeMora or, 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 you know, Tucker Barkley or whoever is like a big inspiration to me. Like they're so talented, but they're not able to go anywhere or teach mm. or do anything. And mm-hmm. I'll be talking to my parents and they go, well, why don't we just offer them, you know, to come in town and they'll stay with us so we can cut costs. You know, we'll make it a really nice experience for them to stay with us and you know we might not be able to pay them a ton of money but since they're friends with you maybe they'll come in and they'll do like a collaboration with you or something where you can learn and then you can also give back to your community Mm. where they'll teach a class that otherwise they wouldn't come in town Mm -hmm. you know unless it were a favor to someone like you who's Mm -hmm. like dedicated as a student then you're gonna learn from them directly because you'll just go in our basement and we're gonna collaborate yeah And then you'll learn from them the whole weekend because they're staying at our house and we'll just, you know, you'll just get a ton of information from them over dinners, over (laughs) whatever. And then everybody in the community benefits because they're teaching there. I get an opportunity to teach and and share my material with the community because at that time, too, a lot of crews weren't like a lot of crews weren't really trying to have me choreographed. Like, mm. cause my name was starting, you know, when your name locally starts to get bigger and sure. people are like, nah, nah, nah yeah. something. When that the, was like when a, the haters come out, right? It <laughs> was like, it was like that, that 50, 50 mark yeah, yeah. where like, once you really blow up, everybody messes with you. Yeah. But like that, that midpoint where it's like, nah, man, yeah, like, you know, like there was a bunch <laughs> of that going on in Chicago, Yeah, which is, I mean, it's every community, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and so, it was an opportunity for me to, you know, like exchange with my community. And then we would do something original that was only happening right then and there with mm-hmm. the collab. And that's really kind of what launched the Young Lions name. And because no one, no one was doing any workshop like that. That yeah. was like we were the only people that were. So doing Young Lions
1: that. started while you were still living in Chicago. Still in Chicago. OK.
2: We had everybody out, man. We had and this was at a time where like so Two excess was bringing you guys out Two excess mm-hmm. was bringing marty out Two excess was bringing gill out mm-hmm. they were bringing big names but but patrick was doing it when people were most of the time coming in through tours or it would be for project element and he yeah. would go in hard and like bring them in and like right. pay for all the stuff and but then Two excess at that time i think had like kind of went under and there was no source for chicago to mm-hmm. like really get any mm-hmm. dance education so like when some of the younger cats that are coming up now like like um, Dom and like Monet and those guys, we had started to do workshops a little bit before they had come along. But right around that time, there would have been no other workshops for them to even attend, really. Mm-hmm. Just community classes and stuff like that. There was no like higher level coming in yeah. to educate the community. And so, um, yeah, man, it was just like, it was just something that was really special for that time that like yeah that no one else had really thought of and it just fit in this perfect time and then it allowed us to like bring other people up bring our community up it was like just win 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 mm. all over the place yeah um
1: and yeah i don't remember what I so no man so young lions uh when so who who came up with the the concept and the name for young lions So
2: that was basically, um, I I feel like it probably was my mom originally. Um, We kind of all molded it together. I I feel like it was my mom, though. But the main idea of it, right, is basically the underdog, right? So it's like it's the person that wants to be in the top spot and has the hunger to be there and the drive. But, you know, they got a lot in front of them as well. Mm. They have a long way to go. Mm -hmm. You know, they still have to have the torch passed to them. They still have to earn their spot through their journey or Mm -hmm. whatever that is. And so the reason we picked that name was because all the people that we were bringing in to town resonated with me as the person that, you know, maybe their style wasn't popular yet, Mm -hmm. or maybe they weren't getting a commercial gig yet, but I thought, I personally thought that they were really dope. Mm. And I wanted to see someone like them being able to teach. Yeah. So I told my parents like they they are the thing, Yeah, you know, they're the they're the way this is going to go moving forward. Because I just like I said, I was just a nerd. Yeah. So I was just like, this person's the person. This person's the person we got to bring in. This person is all about like because when I you know, when you're a teenager, too, it's all about getting on stuff before it blows up.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. (laughs) for sure.
2: So it was the same, I took the same concept with dance. It mm-hmm. was like, who's the next tightest choreographer mm-hmm. that is like gonna be that person, but they just haven't had the chance yeah. yet. You know, like I remember we were one of Nick's first workshops. Um, and like at that time, like people were hating on Nick's style. Mm-hmm. They were like, you know, it's all like these crazy shapes and mm-hmm. angles and all this stuff. And I'm sitting at home like, this is tight. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? Yeah. And I remember here I'd be at Millennium or Debbie, somewhere with Nick, and he'd be like, Yeah, I'm struggling, man. I'm going through this. I'm going through that. You know, can't get this job. Can't get that job. Blah, 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 blah. And those conversations, basically, because my parents were around and just hustlers, mm-hmm. just had that mindset. That mindset made me be like, You know, all of us kind of be like, Well, why don't we just do this? Why don't we just do that? Yeah. Why don't we just do this? And then it just started like, because the internet was there to support new entrepreneurial ideas Mm -hmm. with minimal uh overhead Mm -hmm. we just came in right at that perfect time yeah you know so that you know everybody
1: could eat that's dope man i think something that um we love talking about especially like on this show um you know, I mean, sure, our, our trade is dance. You know, we, we uh, you know would say that that's kind of what we do as like our main sort of uh, you know platform, right? But then, uh, dance opens up doors, right? If you yeah. do it, if you do it well, and you already have this mentality where um, uh, there's always a bigger picture than what's in front of you, right? And um, I mean, even from like what you're talking about to having parents that um, kind of instilled within you sort of an entrepreneurial sort of uh, mentality, the way to approach things. Not to say that everything has to be business, but like you're going to find uh, creative ways to keep the thing that you love to do and keep it going. Exactly. Right. And a lot of times that involves. Uh, yeah, it involves money. So it involves like, how do I make more of it so I can sustain this thing? And for you at such a young age to think like, yo. Uh, there are these up-and-coming kids that just don't have the 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 platform yet. They had they haven't had the opportunity to shine. I want to get these guys on my squad so that you know I can help them. We could teach each other so we can kind of roll together, right? Um, so, uh, at what point for yourself? So, a young lions is kind of starting out. You're starting to kind of bubble up, and you're kind of getting this, you know, sort of like yo, there's a bigger picture. Mm. Um, was L.A. the thing that like? okay, that's the next step. I need to go out to LA to kind of do the thing even further.
2: So the timeline got kind of murky, right? Because it was like, um, this is what's different about my path than I feel like so many of the people that have made, uh, like after that, that original generation of people that were like traveling and touring, mm-hmm. that a lot of people, it's harder for them to understand is like... um is yeah it's like my original and only dream for the first five years of dancing was to move to LA I was trying to move to LA even as a teenager because I wanted to do it so bad Mm -hmm. in LA and just like be a dancer but I really want to be a choreographer I never was ever trying to just be a dancer because with having two artist parents I was like the way my brain processes. it it was, like, being around people that create, like, our, ho- our house looks like an art museum. Mm. So being around people that create, it was, like, to me, essential that you create your own art, right? Yeah. And so just dancing, for me at the time, didn't make any sense because I was like, I want to express myself, but I'll grab all the knowledge, you know? So my original and only goal was to move to L.A. and become a choreographer. Mm. I basically, if you could have carbon copied Marty, like, I want to be Marty, <laughs> That was it. (laughs) Yeah. That was it. I did the socks. I did everything. And then. I feel like we all did
3: that.
1: Yeah. All of (laughs) us, right? Marty Marty definitely hit the culture hard. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. (laughs) He hit it hard. And it
2: was like, oh, you could be like a dude and like dress cool and like do choreography. And it's like still kind of hip hop. Mm -hmm. And it's like all this stuff. And it's like, whoa, like what? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's what I want to do, you know? And that was really my only goal. And then YouTube and that stuff came, which was like. More of like a blessing in disguise. It was more like the way I was still looking at YouTube and teaching and all that stuff still at that time until maybe 18 or 19 was this is a way that I can make money so that I can pay for traveling to L.A. and afford classes so that I can afford my dance education so that I don't have to put that burden on my parents anymore Mm. because it's been tough to you know, Rob Peter to pay Paul to get my dance training done. Mm -hmm. So to me, teaching was literally just um, outside of Young Lions because we would mostly scratch on Young Lions events. Mm -hmm. It was just before the knowledge and the Mm -hmm. experience and all that stuff. But as far as like traveling to teach, because I had started to do that a lot heavier between... 16 and 18. Okay. By the time I was in a uh, senior in high school, I had, like, missed, like, triple the amount of legal days or something because I was traveling teaching. Like, mm-hmm. I missed my prom because I was in Russia teaching. Dang. And I just, like, <laughs> I, I remember graduation day that one of my friends, like, walked up to me and was like, oh, I thought you moved to L.A. like, half a year ago. Like,
3: <laughs> like that yeah. people
2: didn't even, like, like what are you doing I here? was gone. Yeah, I, yeah. My foot was out the door. Yeah. Like, I was out of Chicago. Yeah. And... It was confusing, though, because I had had so much success at that point in those two years traveling and teaching and being like, whoa, I never for sure expected people to see my choreography and be like, we respect you. We love you. We want to, like, think you're your own artist. Like, I didn't think of that at all Mm. until it was already happening. It was more of just an expression because I was excited about, I started to get excited about film and started to do like, you know, different types of visuals. And mm. like, you know, I was one of those first people to be doing like concept videos Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Oh my God, I can't even say <laughs> that. <laughs> I can't even say concept shows. Yeah. yeah. That was a, that was um, a gold, man. Like, I was on the on the edge of that because I was really interested in film, and I'd already negotiated with my parents that they would let me to go to LA if I was like doing film school in oh, addition. Because my parents sick. were like, "You're going to school, yeah, you know? yeah." And I was like, "Well, I'll do something that I could do in tandem with dance. I'll go Love to film it. school." So yeah. that was the plan, and it was like gonna go to LA, become a choreographer, go to film school, just build my life nice and slow. You know, that those are my goals. But then what happened was (laughs) (laughs) then what
1: had happened was what happened was yeah let's go dance fucking blew up on online like it
2: was just like it was a thing and it was like you know I it's traveling overseas started like I did one by myself and then like Lyle canceled somewhere (laughs) I turned 18 in Australia with Sean I had my first alcoholic drink with Sean hey. it was a, it was <laughs> the, it was a really wussy drink hey, it's all good and it man. burned my stomach and it was great We were in Australia together and then like Nick canceled somewhere and I started to get a couple gigs by just like someone canceling mm-hmm. and then it was like oh I'm making bread like mm-hmm. this is tight and then by the time I uh had gone to started to go to film school it was like uh I had traveled the whole summer. That's my first summer. I did a full wow camp yeah, summer, 18 yeah. years old. And I had left a week after I graduated and was already paying for my apartment in LA Amazing. before I had graduated. So I was just like, peace, I'm out, yeah, right? Yeah. And then I hit that summer tour and I did like seven countries and then nine camps. So some of the countries I hit two times. I taught like 54 classes oh, in like geez. less than two months. <laughs> and I was just like, body dead after yeah. right came back started to go to school did my first job and my first job was so bad <laughs> it was uh i had done this black eyed peas video game commercial and this is where everything kind of like turned south because it was like in my head was it this was the this, xbox one it was the uh it was the like you can like do the dances with yeah, the black yeah, IDs. Yeah. In front of like a building. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, you remember the yes, commercial? Yes, bro. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, yeah. I mean,
1: everybody's gonna remember the commercial after I'm done yeah. That's gonna get So yeah. you can see me yeah. in
2: there, I'm wearing like a blue fennel and a Hell little yeah. Dorm Brothers hat, and I'm in there. That was your first job? That was my first job. Like in industry LA. job. Wow, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. And uh and I was like, I had built up L.A. to this thing in my head, right? It was like, I'm going to come out and I'm going to be a choreographer. And then I had built something else up in my head because I expected to be hard when I moved to L.A., but then I was spending two, three years of people being like, oh, you're tight on your own Mm -hmm. coming out to L.A. So I was like, I don't really care where I have to be, but I just want to be in a place where I people can see my choreo out here and mm. that people can see that I have like something special to offer. And like, mm-hmm. it could be new artists, it could be anything, but I want to choreograph. Mm. And that whole thing by like my, my agents was very much like, you're going to have to pay your dues. That sounds great. But you know, and it was a lot of like, and eh. it was a lot of like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. not like really not in a like ugly way, trying to like kill my dreams, but just like a typical kind of like LA, sure. like, not gonna happen, type of thing.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, just be real to yourself, kind of. Yeah, thing. Yeah, and mm. I was
2: just like, I couldn't understand that because mm. the artist in me and the like, the passion, but you know, everything my parents had taught me and all that was like, I don't get it though. If I have the talent and skill to be able to accomplish, I'm not saying I'm gonna do some tour, but I'm saying that you know, if I could do a music video or something with a cool artist where you know, it was showcasing my work, I think my work still speaks for itself. Yeah. And that was just, like, very much, like, not going to happen, mm. you know? And that kind of really discouraged me. And I was like, well, then what am I going to do? Because I don't want to go out and dance for, for years as a dancer. Mm-hmm. And I'm already making more money traveling and teaching myself than I would make it as a dancer. So I'm definitely not going to do that. But yeah. then how do I get my name in this industry?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then I had done a dance. And they were like, you're going to have to do a ton of dance jobs. And I had gotten this job... And it was, you know, it's like two-step choreo. It's like video game choreo. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm.
2: And and we're in there, and they're like, oh, it's going to be an eight-hour rehearsal. And this is my introduction, you know, to the <laughs> industry, yeah. because I didn't understand anything about it. Yeah. They're like, it's going to be an eight-hour rehearsal. I'm like, why is it going to be eight hours? Like, what do we need eight hours <laughs> yeah, in there
1: for? Right.
2: So cut to rehearsal. We're already in there five hours,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and the, uh, the choreographer hadn't come in yet. <laughs> and I'm like, and we're Amazing. just working with the assistant on these two steps. Sure, yeah. And then, you know, the core average comes in, and then and then they don't say anything to any of the dancers in the room. They just speak to their assistant. Yeah. That's it.
3: Yeah. Who were the choreographers? I,
2: I, I've told this story so many times. I'm sure. <laughs> to put I'm sure at right this now. point people know because I've told this story so many times. But uh, <laughs> it wasn't anything personal, really. It was just more for me. It was just like, a, oh, this is what LA is. Yeah, yeah. Because the reason why that moment shifted everything for me was it wasn't necessarily just the choreographer and the way they handled themselves. Mm-hmm. It was the process of how the whole room mm. submitted to mm. this idea, yeah. right? Yeah. The whole room was very much like, oh, my God. Like, right. okay, yeah, what do you, you know? And yeah. I was just like, she ain't going to say what's up, though? <laughs> like, like, they, yeah. they ain't going to say what's up? Like, all right, yeah. you know, like, yeah. I'm five feet away, right? you know? And I'm just standing there like, this isn't what I know. Yep. This isn't like, this is where I feel uncomfortable because mm. now I don't feel like I'm just a person anymore. Now I feel like I'm like, a am lower than somebody. Yeah. PC. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't so much about a specific instance. It was just about, oh, now this is what I know LA to be. Mm. And this is, this is different than what I thought. Mm. And now I didn't know what to do. So I really struggled, bro honestly Mm -hmm. so from 18 to 23 Mm -hmm. i like massively struggled because Mm -hmm. um i dropped out of film school because i was like i don't know if i'm ever going to be making money like this or this opportunity is going to exist for forever so Mm -hmm. i'm going to hit this hard and so i hit the traveling overseas thing really hard and then in my off time i was like well i don't have any ideas as to how to build my career because my agent is telling me that you just need to be here. And every time you leave, you're creating a bigger chasm between you and being successful in, mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. in the
2: industry. And I'm like, sounds great, gotta pay my bills. Yep. Like, I, I didn't really know what to do. Sure. And so I was like, well, I guess in my free time, which I had an abundant amount of free time when I'd be home because my schedule is so regular, it's mm-hmm. like, what am I gonna do? Mm-hmm. Nothing till the next trip. So I would work on my videos. And that's Mm -hmm. all I would do is like, well, I have no other ideas as to how to advance my career. So I'll take what I know from film school and just go in as hard as I can on my videos and then just go in as hard as I can on my classes. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully, fingers crossed, that investment will at some point pay off Mm -hmm. to where people are seeing my material. Mm -hmm. And then it'll like I'll be able to do what I always wanted to do. Yeah. But it was honestly that many years that's like five years or whatever like that's just on a hunch right it was like well i guess is what i'm gonna do and it was very like uneasy territory because you guys know la is a weird Mm. place yeah and i was 18 parents weren't out here and had had such a protective system over me my whole life it was like a weird time
1: dude i want to touch on a lot of stuff so like you're, so you're by yourself out here, so that's already big. You're you're at a young age. Um, no one's here to look after you. No one's yeah. here to, like, coach you on a day-to-day, you know what I mean? You don't come home to somebody to, like, hear all your problems, to give yeah. you some advice. You're just like, what is this, right? Um, and, again, I want to backtrack a little bit because, one, uh, like, sure, the school conversation is something that um, every kid has that question especially when they find like a passion like whether it's dance or whatever so hard like do i go to school because that's what my parents want me to do that's what like we're all taught that that's like the natural progression you go to high school you go to college you get a job yada 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 Um, we all know that that doesn't always pan out the way that we plan so for you know your parents to for you to be able to cut a deal with your parents like all right I'll go to film school because I feel like, one, that's still school. Two, if this whole dance thing doesn't pan out, you know, maybe I'll get a job working in film somehow, way, shape, or form. Um, For your parents to even kind of be cool with that, to be like, all right, as long as you're going to some kind of schooling. That relief was huge. Yeah. And so you being able to kind of negotiate that with your parents, props to you for that, props to your parents for being down for that. And then, you know, you getting out here, and then once you're out here, you're obviously going to just go with, Whatever is given to you when you get right. here, like yo, like the dancing's actually taken off. Like, let me focus on this while it's hot in here, right? Um, and then if you know, if and when things cool down here, then I can resort back to the schooling thing because the school thing will always be there. 100%. But what I love about what you're what what you did, um, because school wasn't just this, like, let me just say that I'm doing this so I can get them off my back because you actually learned some stuff there where you're like, how can I fuse the stuff that I'm learning at this film school? And I love dance. That's what I really want to do. How can I put those two things together so that there's a perfect marriage? And again, you, you say concept videos and you cringe like, uh, like I, it's so weird to even say that. But I'll tell you, before that time, you know, between, like, the 2004 to, like, 7, 8, like, that was when, like, I, st- you know, I'm over here doing Jabberwockies and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm kind of privy to, like, YouTube and I wasn't super on it. Yeah. But the things that caught my eye were these dance concept videos. I'm mm. like, wait a second. This is not just choreography in a studio. Mm. This is, like, out on location. There's a story. There's, like, some cool angles. Like, <laughs> I'm thinking, like, yo what is this this is tight yeah but it was guys like you who were doing it at that Weird. time and what i will say, man is that um it's it's always the people who do the thing that no one else is doing um because one they love it first yeah and two they're taking a chance to just create something new they're like i don't know if, if people even dig this stuff i dig it yeah um Hopefully it goes somewhere, you know? And so for you to say from 18 to 23 was like this sort of a struggle period. I mean, from where I sit, dude, like that's like, like that that was a period where your, your charcoal was about to turn into a diamond, right? Yeah. Like you were just taking that pressure and just be like, dang. It just, right now it's just tough, 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 tough. Yeah. And then you stuck it out where now like you kind of were a big part of creating this culture that wasn't really there I mean Mm -hmm. something that you took from the foundations of the people that were before you Mm. that taught you stuff but then you like having your own individual sort of like I don't want to just dance I mean dancing is great but I want to choreograph I want to create I want to get my stuff out there and you had your ambition man that ambition itself is is not something that everybody has I mean there's so many talented people and artists out there that Mm. don't have that grit to be like you know what I don't care how many times I fail or how many no's that I get, I'm going to keep going. You know what I mean? That's facts. Yeah. So, I mean, like the fact that you were able to stick through it and how old are you now?
2: 25.
1: 25. Yeah. Oh, shoot. So 23 was two years ago. So you just kind (laughs) of got out of your your weird funk. Well, I will say, too, though, man. So in the past two years, let's just talk about that. Um, bro, you've done a lot. Like you, I would say you've cracked the industry in, in so many major ways. I don't even want to say dance industry because mm. I, I personally know a lot of people that don't dance at all that follow you and really? that follow your work. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's Ian. That's my boy. Like Damn. he's doing it, you know? And again, dude, it, it's not something that anybody can do. Well, let me take that back. Anybody can do it. Mm. Uh, It takes a certain type of person Mm. to do it, though. You know what I'm saying? And I think Mm. you are um, you are that kind of a person who embodies not only the the um, attention to detail to the work ethic, to the ambition, to the 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 intellect to be like, I I need to do this smart. Mm. Um, And uh, I feel like, bro, just even talking to you, bro, like you have this sort of. You're just a homegrown kid. You're, you're, you're taking everything that you were. You talk about how you were like this nerdy kid that because you loved things so much that you geeked out on it that you just obsessed. But I'm like, what amazing artist in the world isn't that way? You know what I'm saying? Like That's fact. everybody, like the nerds. exactly. And then, you know, once you become successful in the world's eyes of whatever that means, now you're like, oh, my gosh, you're so cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just the biggest nerd, yeah, you yeah, know what totally, I mean? Like. Totally, so, totally. yeah, man. Um, well, I, I want to touch on, like, uh, so, okay, so you get here, you're in L.A., so you, you're, you're booking jobs, you're still teaching, so you're you're yeah. kind of making your living that way. Um, and then there was, like, the boom of, like, um, dance on, me- like, you know, mass media, like yeah. things like ABDC came yeah. out. You, you hopped on that show yep. with Most Wanted and then later years, you know, World of Dance, right? Yep. So from, you know, uh, I'd love to hear about a little bit, you know, as much as you want about the whole Most Wanted experience. Yeah. And then the, the gap between that and, say, like uh, Young Lions on World of Dance. <sighs>
2: Dude, that was like the that that literally exactly fits the that time period mm. where I it it was so successful, but. I couldn't grasp what it meant, Mm. you know what I'm saying, it was like, so we went on America's Best Dance Crew, and that was like, that was like right when it had started to, like, get cracking again, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and that was a crazy experience, dude, Mm. like, when we were on that show, I was even just talking to my, my dad because that's where social media changed for me as well. Mm-hmm. Social media was, at that time, something that was just a like, I just thought it was cool. It was just something you just used every day, put yeah. up whatever, put yeah. this up, put that up. And that's where social media then changed to me for like a business because it was so many people that I didn't know that weren't in dance community or weren't this or weren't that. Mm-hmm. that weren't within my, you know, Normal dance world demographic, yeah. That it then became the idea of presenting myself, my crew, everybody as their own artists because mm-hmm. I realized at that time how big of an impact a dance crew could have. That I, you know, I knew from Jabba, but it was different in our sense because we weren't giving in uh, just one idea, mm. we were technically giving an all star crew, which is in like based on the fact that individually these people are all stars, Mm -hmm, right? That, mm -hmm. you know, these people, you know, this person, you know, that person, Mm -hmm. you know, right? So to have based a crew on TV around that idea, it gave us all personally so much more weight Mm -hmm. when we went to go do anything else outside of the show. Yeah. And then me and, um, me and Brian, because we were living together In particular really ran with that Mm -hmm. and because we were traveling everywhere together we were getting all the same gigs together so we ran hard with that Mm -hmm. and then what the next step was was that so when I dropped out of film school what I had decided in my head was I'm gonna go hard on my videos and then like hopefully I'll get my film training through working with great directors
3: Mm -hmm.
2: and uh because I was, like, a little bit embarrassed of dropping out and then, like, was so taken in by, like, the traveling and teaching, I had also kind of, like, not invested as much for the first year or some change in film after I had dropped out. But then did ABDC, saw the potential of, like, what we could accomplish if we put out our own material and presented ourselves as as the artist
3: mm-hmm.
2: and... Then I had randomly gone back home, and a couple of my crew members were getting into filming wedding videos, mm-hmm. and they were getting really like good and yeah. like cutting together some cool stuff. And they offered, "Yo, like we'll do a video for you when you come around." Mm-hmm. And so I did it with them, and it was commonless. They were like one of the first groups yeah, yeah. that were doing uh-huh. videos. And what people actually don't know uh, is that at that time, me and Brian for two years. They lived in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So for two years, me and Brian were flying them out out of our pocket Dang. to come stay with us and pay for the videos and them on top of all that. That's so, so back when no one was spending any money on <laughs> yeah. any videos, me and Brian would be putting together, you know, like a thousand, two dollars video sometimes, yeah. you know, sometimes maybe even more than that um, just to. Just for free, really. And sometimes we didn't even know if it'd be blocked
3: Mm. or whatever. (laughs) Or deleted. (laughs) Yeah. We didn't even know. So
2: we were really taking pretty big investment gambles. But it was like at that time we had no other way. Mm -hmm. There was literally no other way. It wasn't like we could, you know, I had the idea of doing dance mixtape, all that stuff, but it was like, how is anybody gonna actually care about this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So basically We went hard on the videos, you know, the format became longer. I became just, you know, not satisfied with the limit of, like, just doing one video, you know? So Mm -hmm. then I started trying to wrap my my head around an entire project, like what I did with Adolescence in 2015. That took an entire year to shoot. That was my first time working with Gerald, actually. And we started from scratch on that project as the first... Thing that I did with him and um so that's where I got I kicked really high gear back into film mm-hmm. and the reason why was because I had started to get a little bit more into it again between like 2012 2013 mm-hmm. and I was working with Kamala's a lot and starting to feel the the benefit of putting that much more effort mm-hmm. and just noticing that people cared that much more it yeah. wasn't like I was all of a sudden doing stuff. It was just that people cared Mm -hmm. again, you know, in a way that was like different from how it had been from just class videos. Mm. You know, it felt like it had a heavier impact because it was more deliberate and it was more delivered as, as an artistic idea than just like, here's what I made today. Right. And what I was hoping for had basically in a very slow process Uh, begun to work at that time because Mm -hmm. I'd say I think 2013 is either 2012 or 2013 um, Zendaya went to go do her first music video Mm -hmm. and she wanted me to choreograph it and I didn't even know until the video had come out and then Colin Tilly was the director who was huge music video director right and that was my first big music video choreographing something Mm -hmm. and I found out later on that the way I got it was uh, Zendaya was doing some like Disney interview that mm-hmm. was like running on the channels, and she was saying in the interview like, "Yeah, me and my f- friends were big fans of Ian for years, <laughs> <Wow. That's
3: laughs> and
2: tight. we had I had decided when I first started make, making music or whatever that whenever I did my first music video, I was gonna have Ian Corey. Wow, that's crazy. So that's I tight. so." That right there, that one single moment for like the two or three years or four years that I've been doubting myself in LA and like LA industry, that moment gave me all the validation to move forward with my approach of that. Like if I just put out quality work that I think is, is represents me, then the right and correct opportunities will come along and Mm -hmm. I won't have to force and cram myself into opportunities that are like not really what I want to do, but I'm trying to appease someone and show them that I can really do it or, yeah. or whatever it might be, but it's not my flavor. It, it gave me the ability to see that legit, people will just see your work that, are, that really know what they're doing. If you have something really special, they'll see it and they'll just invest in it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: The same way that I invest in those types of people, yeah. those types of people will see me from a different job maybe a producer or a director or whoever and they'll go this dude has something special I'm gonna hire him doesn't matter how many views he has the same way I think that way too yeah yeah and getting that door open for me was the biggest thing because then I started realizing like my my word and like my like um attempt to connect to people and support people that are on the come up goes so far so then right around that time was when i was starting to get back into film because i was getting around good directors Mm -hmm. it was kind of like a groundswell of like the perfect opportunity and timing of things i've never really thought about it like this but it it, now that i think about it it is like this i was getting inspired by great directors getting opportunity to get some industry things um spending a, a lot of time just watching film studying film and then when it came time i realized well all i ever do when i was a kid was like pump up things that aren't hyped yet Mm -hmm. and support things from the ground up Mm -hmm. doesn't matter if it's a dancer or somebody like that i take under my wing doesn't matter if it's a choreographer that i just go take their class because i think they're special or an artist that i'm selling (laughs) i'm burning their mixtapes and selling them at school (laughs) because i think they're tight Or whatever it might be, I've always been on the like, you know, the way of hip hop was like finding the underground stuff and being like, this is what's cool. Mm -hmm. And trying to like spin it and make people think it's cool, Mm -hmm. you know, just based off of your opinion on it. And so all of that kind of accumulated to me realizing like, all my videos are getting blocked for all these big artists that I'm doing. And... I don't even necessarily prefer this music over the underground music I listen to just as much as maybe this Drake record Mm -hmm. or whatever record. Like, I got a bunch of people coming out of Chicago. I was going back home a lot, seeing my friends. They're like, yo, this dude Chance is coming out. Yo, Mm -hmm. this dude Vic's coming out. Mm -hmm. I then go start hanging out with more Chicago cats. and I come to find out my next door neighbor for my whole life is managing Vic Mensa and it's like, Oh, and then I start going home to Chicago a lot, just getting back in the community there. Mm -hmm. And there's this whole renaissance of creativity and just young people making stuff Mm. in Chicago Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and kind of like just came in on the right time of that would support young and upcoming artists before you know it. I'm like almost every job I'm getting is a direct message from that artist being like, yo, like your stuff. Like, You know, I saw your friends with Mm so-and-so. Oh, I saw you in the studio with so-and-so. Just Mm -hmm. becoming more integrated into the things that I really liked about just the world. Like I was like, at a certain point, I was like, I'm dancing all this, I'm traveling, I'm doing all this stuff. I love hip-hop though, and my life doesn't even like, I'm not even really anything hip-hop right Mm -hmm. now. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm just like, at my crib, or I'm on the road, Yeah. you know? and i'm not going to any like freestyle things i'm not like you know really working on my craft even anymore i'm not even really going to class that much and i was like i got to start just getting back into the culture of like why i like all this mm. stuff you know so i'd go into studio sessions with rappers that were on the come up or i'd like link up with you know producers or i'd ask them to send me beats or like just outside the box stuff that other dancers that i knew weren't doing you know and then all those people that I had started to, like, rock with and become friends with, they all just started to blow up. Mm-hmm. And then then those relationships of having known all these people from ground up before they were popping, then is able to then, then that segues. And then basically from, like, 23, like, starting probably two years ago, it was just, like, it was just then, like, thing after thing after thing after mm. thing. And then I didn't have... And I got into another weird space for like another year because then it was like everything that I always wanted to do, I was doing. Mm-hmm. But it was just like, but I'm just like here and mm-hmm. it doesn't feel any more special than when I wanted to get here. Because then you kind of start to realize like, oh, the destination stuff is just like, you know, it's really just the journey, right? Yeah. So two years ago is when I started to really get back into, you know the the fundamentals and you know trying to train as a freestyler and and all that stuff because I've, again i started to like reestablish and realize okay i've done two years now doing a bunch of commercial stuff i've built my name up here i've been in the industry but now what now i'm just spinning my wheels again
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know it's like anything that i would want to do like a lot of times my work is is just representative of itself enough to get me that or something close to it. Or mm-hmm. there's not a lot of like specific things that at this point that I'm like looking at, like I want to do this. I feel fulfilled. I feel fortunate. I feel lucky. I feel like I'm eating, you know, I don't need more in a selfish way. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. so I was like, what is something that really like I care about? And just, it, it all started being at a, at a, the fair play battle three years ago. And seeing and Kenzo win, and just feeling the energy off the side of the stage, and like knowing Kenzo really well, mm-hmm. and and seeing how like he had won this battle just off of guts, mm. you know, just off of pure guts, and he hadn't been training for it nothing, re sparked my my desire to attach to like the full culture. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt so far down the rabbit hole of being a creator and being mm-hmm. an artist and being, you know, I had I had unknowingly put so much pressure on like everything that I could do that I felt like I couldn't move around Mm. and getting back in the freestyle world made me feel like, Oh, this is like, I'm a student again. Like I'm standing in this circle. I remember I threw my first session. So that became a big focus. Yes. Last year was, Mm -hmm. was throwing all my sessions and and like all my jams and, and that was like my new drug in addiction. Mm. And I remember being at my first one that I threw and I hadn't been really that connected to the L.A. freestyle community at the time. And all these people just show up. I didn't really really have to, like, get the word out there that hardcore. Like, Hans really had that locked down. And all these, like, high-level heads came through. Mm -hmm. And my crib is packed. There's, like, 30 people there (laughs) on that day's notice. And we got a whole DJ set up. And I was like... Looking at the people going in the circle, and I'm like, these people live here? Mm. Like, mm. these people are this amazing, and they're yeah. just right around the corner. I could be doing this anytime. I'm sitting here mad, frustrated, <laughs> like, oh, dance is like, blah, blah, you know, yeah. whatever yeah. I'm thinking or feeling. I'm like, dance is dope as hell. It's right, right here, right? right, you know? And I'm thinking, like, I'm watching a couple people go, I'm getting real inspired. Then I start thinking,
3: whoo. <laughs>
2: think i gotta get my level up bro i'm Mm. about to get roasted in my own crib Mm. like you know Mm. like then and then that moment was like wait i wanted this moment Mm. i've been waiting for this moment you know to just get around that energy where it's just like i just feel like a student again yeah i just feel like a fly on the wall in something that's happening that's bigger than me Mm -hmm. you know and then just reinventing not reinventing but reinvesting into that culture and lifestyle has been like the most personal thing that i've i've tried to approach in the last like year, you know what I'm saying? It's
1: amazing, man. Yo, dude, I feel like again, the I love these conversations. These are my favorite, bro, cuz yeah. like I haven't looked down at this thing once cuz I'm just going off the flow, man. And it's good, so it's, it's freaking really good, man. Um Yeah, so I guess so we have this thing called golden rule, right? I, yeah. I think it I mean everybody, you know, it's like they have their life mantra, they're, they I live yeah. by this um for yourself though uh if you were to have a life mantra a golden rule what would that be
2: um i'm gonna go with something that uh my mom always uh stressed to me and it's actually it sounds kind of convoluted at first but it's actually really simple and it, it keeps you like really happy is that like if you're ever to collect really any money off of something that you're really passionate about and you love like at that point in your life, you can really not, you can't really ask for much more than that, Mm. right? Because whatever you've done to put you in that position to like, to just buy really anything, it doesn't have to be that you're living off of it. But if you're able to like, to gain from something that you so like, you put so much of your life into without expecting anything back, that's like the ultimate sign of like life giving back to you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Of your investment of like, Look at this, you cared about this and you worked really hard for this and these opportunities or these things have are now exist in your life because you just went about this in a way, you know, that was genuine to you. So like being uh the most you can ask for out of life is is being paid for what you love to do. Amazing. And and that that sticks in me all the time because it's what keeps me humble and and desiring to like give to people is because like when I look at myself, I feel so lucky, fortunate, and privileged to have been able to say that i can I've been able to do that before I even needed to live like to pay for things or mm-hmm. anything. I was able to make money off of dance before I was even an adult
3: mm-hmm.
2: and that right there is like. If I'm not doing everything I can because what we've talked about, because my parents taking those extra steps and just going those ways to be able to put me in the position or just even have the mindset to be able this to, to be this capable mm. of earning money off of what I do, it should be my mission to uh, sh- basically spread the wealth. You mm. know what I'm saying? Spread mm. the opportunity, spread those things that I've learned through my parents uh, onto and into other people so that they can they can really thrive you mm. know because it it is exactly what i said about being a nerd right it's like i look at myself as looking in on everything mm-hmm. right is like i'm i'm the nerd of this i'm not the creator of anything in here you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying like people that are a lot less fortunate and privileged than me are a lot of the people that have invented all these things and aren't reaping the benefits mm. right so it's like Whatever I can do to create those opportunities and create those benefits for people that are like genuinely out here from scratch, from nothing, making something and giving an opportunity to those people, it's like that's all I can ask for in the end Mm -hmm. because I'm the nerd. I'm the one who wants to see those people like just thriving. Yeah. You know, so I can continue to be inspired because you know, if I'm, if I'm not surrounded by something that inspires me say I know you guys feel the same. If you're not, if you're not surrounded by somebody that inspires you, then it's like you, you begin to feel hopeless mm. for no reason.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, all you have to do is just stand next to someone who just has a different yeah. mindset or it's just like a natural talent, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so
3: yeah,
1: dude, that's really good. Um, Bro, again, we can go forever, forever. like forever talking. Yeah. So I feel like one, let's just do this again. Yeah. You, you got, you got your own again. podcast, yes. right? You got to yes, get bro, that. Kick I mean, that back up. Yeah, Dude, let's get on that. I think yeah. that that'll be really fun, man. The community, needs um, it, yeah, think. absolutely. I mean, I think that's exactly why we're doing this. Oh, actually, uh, if you look on iTunes and you search for Kinja's podcast, like yours is under our related hey yeah, it's look at cool. that That's pretty cool thanks that's itunes amazing. that's a great algorithm you have that is amazing um but dude um real quick though just uh for the sake of time yeah. anything going on currently that you want to plug real quick uh obviously plug your social media and all that stuff yeah yeah, yeah. uh
2: my taz ian underscore eastwood for i think instagram and twitter my twitter is currently suspended because of copyright <laughs> come on twitter <laughs> let's get it together been posting stuff online for 15 years, still getting hit with copyright infringement. Man, um, oh. It's happened to my YouTube. It's happened yeah. to my Twitter now. It's happened. It's really happened to everything on every social media platform for Amazing. me. So no Twitter at the moment. <laughs> no Twitter. Um, but yeah, uh, as far as stuff I'm working on, um, you know, we're winding down at the end of the year. But we uh, Young Lions Chicago is hosting um we're doing the world of dance battle this year okay, sick. So we got a couple different things planned out that we're gonna try and you know switch it up and make it you know a little different um you know i think in chicago we'll still probably do one more big jam before the end of the year um you know get the community together uh shoot man as far as other things i'll probably i'm probably gonna teach maybe a couple more times for hey. la yeah. before the end of the yeah, year yeah, try and go. get that in you know, maybe stop by the dojo. Hey, let's get you in here, bro. You know what I'm yeah, saying? But, yeah. you know, mostly just, you know, trying to be around for community stuff. Mm. Um, you know, go to some sessions, go to some battles. Just, like, just get some training in and Sick. just build for the next year. You know what I'm nice. saying? So. I love it,
1: man. Yo, Ian, I got to say, dude... Um, freaking really good chatting it up with you man i I was so looking forward to this and i felt like it went exactly how i was imagining (laughs) just going and like yeah just going down the rabbit holes yeah um i gotta say man uh one as long as i've known you uh and seeing you grow up in the scene and and then literally sitting on this couch with you right now and having this conversation i feel like bro you are um an inspiration is not even the way i can put it because i feel like You're taking on so much that um, you're receiving so much that's been given to you and and like because you're going after so much. There's like this ambition that you have, but like it's so easy to to get that and get lost in Mm. it, you know, and then let that just kind of like take you somewhere else where you're like, whoa, how did I even get here? But Mm. you have this ability that I'm learning from, you know, this conversation to scale it back to take it back to like, why am I even doing this? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like just the, the roots of, you know, from your the culture that you started in to where you see the culture shift to now. But it's like, yo, guys, there is a foundation to this thing. Let's mm-hmm. go back to it. And mm-hmm. not that you're being preachy about it, but it's more of like, Well, I'm going to go do it. So if you guys want to follow me, that's where I'm going. You know what I mean? And so, um, bro, I love, I love how you do it. You do everything with so much class, with so much authenticity and passion, bro. It's, it's so good to see that. Um, it's rare, it's rare to see that. And, um, it's, it's really inspiring to, you know, to us here over at Kinja's, uh, you know, myself personally, man. So dude, just continue to push, man. Um, yeah, dude, the podcast, wow. your thing. Let's get on it, bro. Man, just go, got to keep this go. going, man. This was such yeah, a I just fun time. My day, man. <laughs> Hell yeah! Like, Dang. I just yeah. got
2: like laced up with like hella, <laughs> it's like, you know, confidence booster material. <laughs> damn, that's I'm just it's just dig real into that. Whenever it's right? just
1: real talk, man. Real Yo. talk, just how you spitting it, too, man. This real. is good,
2: man. This is good. This is good for our community. I appreciate you guys for doing this. It's just like you know, uh. I think that there's we we talked about a little bit even before we started like I think that there is so much to just listening to people talk that you are inspired by and that you care about Um, specifically talking on the EB's uh, workshop that I went to um, right here I have I recorded their panel so I can just like play them back at any time and I did the same thing at uh, Wiggles panel in, in Fairplay and like Sometimes when I'm, like, bored, I'll just sit and listen to these because when there's somebody that you, like, that you just, like, care about what they do mm-hmm. and, like, what you guys have created with Kenjas is, like, you've really, you've really given so much material for people to become addicted to dance, mm. which is, like, didn't exist, right, when we were younger. And that's, like, for sure. that's so exciting, right? That, like, if you found dance tomorrow... And you learn about the Kinjas tomorrow, you could you could just be, you could do a deep dive and be like a well-knowledged dancer, you know, <laughs> yeah. a week and a half from then yeah, just because it's it so all. accessible, right? Yeah. It's yeah. so like there and and I just applaud you guys for like thank you, man. Being determined because even speaking online, like I know it's hard. It's like hard to do extracurricular projects outside yeah. of our craft. And, like, it takes a lot of, at the end of the day, like, extra time and dedication that, like, people don't commit to, and and you guys are, and that gives all the dancers that are listening to this right now, like, that many more tools to, to, to just, like, build off of it. You know, so applause to you guys. Thank man. you, man. Thanks, Thanks, bro. Thank you,
1: bro. That's what it is, dude.
2: I love dance! <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! Ian yeah, he loves
1: dance. I Mike, love send us home, baby! <laughs> Full show notes in the description below. Check us out at kinches.com slash podcast. Follow all the socials, Kinches Podcast with a K. And uh, oh shout out to Charlie He's at Jury Duty right now So he'll be back with us soon. Shout out Charlie on Jury Duty <laughs> We can't talk about the case though Yeah, <laughs> we, We've been trying to get a lot out of him But he's not budget <laughs> I call
0: quality jerk
1: But yeah uh, we'll see you next time sing, Thanks sing. for listening y'all Peace, Peace, Peace.